0: the first ever uh, live episode of Don't Call Me a Guru. (laughs) As you know, I'm Tyler Butler.
1: And I'm Linda Huang.
0: This is our first ever uh, live podcast. Uh, Linda, there's like Basically, this is everyone who listens to our podcast, like the same
1: <laughs> Just in number the room. of people. So thank
0: yeah. you for I being here. I think it's here. a little
1: more than our normal, yeah. Is there anyone
0: who who, uh, who doesn't, who has never heard an episode of our podcast? Whole audience claps, cool. Yeah, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Right. Well, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you listen <laughs> later. Thanks.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: Let's jump in and introduce our guests. Uh, first up on my right here, we have Yang Han. Yang, uh, he's founded a bunch of startups and he's currently the co founder and CTO of Stack Adapt, which is a native advertising platform using machine learning for real time decision making. And he previously built FX and trading softwares at Bloomberg and studied business and computer science at the University of Toronto. Welcome to the pod, Yang.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. So our second guest is Tyler Lessard. Uh For everyone in the room here, we just heard him in tonight's keynote, but for our podcast listeners, Tyler is a VP of marketing at Vidyard and literally just blew all of our minds with his magic. <laughs> I was backstage trying to get him to tell us how he did what he just did, and, and he won't. He won't nope, budge. Uh, no. He <laughs> just never
3: shares his secret. So, uh, but I will let you know I'm out of tricks at this point. That's uh, pretty much exhausted my magic capabilities, so I will. Okay, so skip the first three questions. That's the most
1: impressive you're going to be?
3: (laughs) I didn't say that. I didn't say that. All right. (laughs) Uh, Tyler,
0: I was hoping we could start by deciding who gets to use the name Tyler for the night. Could we give a quick, like, rock, paper, scissors game? Just figure this out?
3: Okay, yeah, 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 we can can do that. Okay. You have to
1: narrate it because of the listeners.
0: Okay, so we're holding our hands out to play rock, paper, scissors, (laughs) and, and, and one, two, three, scissors beats... Tyler Lessard's paper.
1: See, yeah, got nothing. Yeah. Left. So, what are we gonna call him?
3: You said you have an office nickname that we can just plug in here. Well, I do. Uh, in, just like here, there are multiple Tylers in my life. Back in uh, in Kitchener Waterloo, we have three, uh, two other Tylers that uh, preceded me. So I go by T three at the office. Um, so we can go with that, Tyler T three. Okay. I'm good with that. Okay.
1: okay. I think that's, that people can understand that. That's kay. not hard to follow. You guys it together. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Linda, you want to jump in with the first question? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you've sort of been talking about what you see as uh, trends, um, Tyler, so maybe we'll start with Yang first and then go back to you. But uh, our first question is, what do you think the next uh, big thing, if there is one, in, uh, in tech or marketing is? And, you know, you might allude to that in your keynote tomorrow, but for our, for our podcast listeners and the guests tonight.
2: Sure. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I actually have a longer answer to this. Um, well since Tyler spoke for an hour, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you have the floor. Yeah. So
2: for me, like in technology, um, a lot of different innovations synergize with one another. So when it, I don't believe there's just one big thing. I believe there's a collective number of big things that really help uh, drive innovation forward. Um, I think it all starts out with the foundations of The very basic level you have, definitely the hardware and the computing power. These things actually drive a lot of major innovations, such as virtual reality right now, right? Those limitations right now are really bound by how you can compute the virtual reality frames. Um, Same with a lot of emerging technologies, such as decentralized platforms, such as blockchain. Um, And then we have Internet of Things coming up as well. So a lot of new ecosystems are coming together. In the next five to 10 years, I think they'll be fully mature, and that's when we'll see the next rise of applications in marketing and other industries that we haven't yet been able to imagine. I think right now, when it comes to innovation and marketing, we're still feeding off the innovations in big data and AI that really emerged from the past decade. We had the evolution of ecosystems from mobile um, mobile to the internet still, right, and that really uh, created the next AI that we have right now that really solved you know, image recognition, natural languages from text. So a lot of the applications right now are really still focused on solving automation and personalization um, using these techniques and uh, related to their respective industries. But I think uh, in the next five years, we'll see more in that direction, you know, as Tyler alluded to. Um, but then afterwards, in the next five to 10 years, it's gonna be a whole new level of application innovation um, in regards to these new ecosystems that are coming together, I'm not, I'm also going to be talking a little bit more about that tomorrow. Awesome,
1: that's great. T um, three.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the world like the world's
3: changing fast, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. What's uh, w- the the pace of, of innovation and, and like you said, sort of innovation is building on itself right now, which is making it hard to to, to keep up. Um, but but I think you know I would I would agree and and build on the point that um, there's really practical things happening now in this world of AI and data and, you know, automation that's um, allowing us to, to be a lot smarter as marketers, as businesses, right? And that, I think, is is the big promise of it. Um, there's really interesting, you know, predictive data that we use and, and services that help us understand, you know, which companies should we be targeting, which individuals should we be engaging with, who which ones are most likely... Um, to convert based on matching our our ideal profiles. And, you know, those sorts of things are, um, you know, they're just, they're creating efficiencies for us because we can focus on the people that matter um, and they allow us to do more creative, more personalized, more more relevant things for those. Um, And so I think it just allows us to be better um, marketers, be smarter marketers, more efficient, but then also to to funnel that energy into creating amazing experiences for those people. So um, that's what gets me really excited right now.
0: So while I think AI like, will play a big role in marketing, I think we can agree it's like maybe not quite there yet. Like, yep. have you heard the story of Alexa laughing at people? <laughs> Did you guys hear about this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have any- Super creepy. Super creepy. Uh, I heard about someone doing like exercising and asked how much more time in this plank do I have and Alexa laughed at her. <laughs> <laughs> not very encouraging. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have any stories of trying to push the boundaries of what's possible and something unexpected
1: happened?
3: Pushing the boundaries and unexpected. I mean, some of the things I showed here, like I- I, um,
1: Yes, tell us more about how you did that. About (laughs) my my
3: secret tricks. In detail. But it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's interesting, fun stuff that, yeah, you don't know what kind of response you're going to get. So, so one of the things uh, for our listeners that I, that I showed in the session here earlier was the idea of a, of a personalized video that actually brings the recipient, you know, literally into the story by bringing their name in, even their photo or other information about them. Um, And one of the examples I shared was our, was our holiday video from last year where it was just a fun wishing people a happy holiday. And, um, but everybody that received it, you know, we sent that out to about 80,000 people and everybody who received it would, it would have been their own name in it and whatnot. Um, and then we gave them the option to re-gift it, which was a fun thing where we could say, hey, you want to send this to somebody else to, to put a smile on their face, you can do that. And we didn't know, um, honestly, I didn't think that many people were going to re-gift it. Um, it was kind of one of those things where we're like, well, why not, right? And, um, and it was crazy, like the activity we saw on it. So the response to the video itself as a, as a happy holiday message was tremendous. But then yeah, we had like thousands of thousands of these videos being generated and sent out by people. And um, it was really cool to see. And we got thank yous, like, from our audience. Like, thank you for giving me this. I sent it out to a whole bunch of people and got great responses. And it was just a really genuine and great brand moment for us. And, um, again, we hoped that would happen, but it, I, I didn't know. And, and frankly, I thought a lot of people might be creeped out by it, right? But it didn't happen. And, and we Not really in today's world, responses. no.
1: <laughs> Yang, how about you? Yes.
2: <clears throat> I mean, for us, like, we... Build a lot of machine learning systems, um, so there's a lot of unexpected things that happen pretty much, you know, every week for us. Um, I'm not surprised at you know what you mentioned earlier with you know Alexa just randomly laughing. I mean, a lot of the AI right now is a huge black box. You know, you know when we train self-driving cars, sometimes when it runs a red light, you know, there's no way to really debug it these days. You can't really open it up to see why it did that. So,
0: um, it's so not scary at all.
2: Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's still a lot of challenges in the industry, and um, tomorrow I'll talk more about that as well. Like for our company, you know, when we started finishing up our machine learning pipeline to really start predicting stuff about us, um, some really surprising things happened. We, when we first started to go into gender prediction, we pretty much predicted based on um, web pages people were reading in our office, because you know, in advertising, we actually have a lot of data on what people are reading. It's a bit creepy, but in our office, we analyzed everything people were reading, and we predicted the age and gender breakdown of our office, and it turned out to be exact. It was around like you know, sixty-five percent male, thirty-five percent female. Um, I looked at my own what data they had for me just the other week because I wanted to do something for like a client to see how accurate our data was, and I opened you know, our tool to analyze um, my own browsing behavior and it predicted that I was in the technology and data science space. So um, I, I actually don't even know how that happened. So <laughs> we're actually looking into right now to see pretty much, you know, how that was able to be really accurate. So, you know, um, it's still, a lot of it's still a mystery though. You go, me go. All right, I, I'm
1: in. You're I'm, gonna go? In, yeah. you, okay, no, you, no go. you go, you go. Uh, Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, in terms of, well, I think what you guys do, it's, it's so interesting and, and it's really cool, but you're also in very kind of specialized, you know, you're, you specialize in all of this video, you're experts in that field, specialize in AI and, and robotics and, and building that. What can marketers do to kind of dip their toes into all of these splashy words, AI, virtual reality, augmented reality? Um, predictive personalization, all all of that stuff. What what are some, you know, tangible things that that they can actually take into their office, sort of on Monday, and say, look, this is how we can get into this, so that it's not just shiny up here. Um, Yang, how about you? Yeah, first? sure.
2: Um, <laughs> I'd say you know we still do a lot of things today that are you know mechanical and can be predicted. You know, um, I'd say look at what what you're doing on a day to day basis and see. Do I even need to do this? Can they, this be automated? Can a robot do this better than myself? Because the reality is AI can do a lot of different things today, even when it comes to like text generation, um, A-B testing, many different combinations of things. The real part, uh, I think Tyler's talk talked about this very well, is our job is to focus on, on on the overall creative strategy, the foundation of how it connects to be a human. Let AI and technology and automation do the rest from building on top of it, You know doing those minor split tests on various variations to optimize, to make it much more efficient, and to take away about all the manual labor that you do that doesn't require critical thinking.
0: Which is good, our strength as marketers should be storytelling, like humanizing our content, right? Tyler, what's one thing we marketers can do to dip into the future?
3: Yeah, it's on that side of things. It's a tough answer because I think it's different for everybody, right? In their in their their market, the size of their company. I think um, you know one one mistake that people will you know might do is is to try to jump in too far, too too quickly. And you know you all have, depending on what you're trying to do, but I think the. The real focus for a lot of people has to initially be getting, you know, good good data on their audience and and on their customers. And if you don't have good data, then a lot of this other stuff just doesn't end up happening and it's, it's too difficult. And so I think for a lot of people, that's often where they need to start. It's still before, you know, layering in AI and it's making sure, you know, do I have a good store of information about my customers, about my prospects, about who's engaging with me, um, that I can start to use to mine and and, and layer on new technologies to, to, to use that data. Um, so it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but I think it's the, you know, before it, you gotta make sure that you've got those those basics in place. Otherwise, it can, um, you know, go go off in the wrong direction and. Uh, mysteriously laugh at your customers in the middle of the night like Alexa.
0: Right, you have to set the stage for the future, right? Yeah,
2: and just to add quickly, like I'm always discovering every week, every month, there's always these new startups and companies that are really focused on um, building on top of the recent AI innovations that have happened, really making you apply them and make use of them. And there's just new tools coming out all the time that can really make yourself, uh, make your life easier, essentially. Because I'm still surprised that, you know, when it comes to, in my area, advertising, a lot of marketers still try to do everything manually, right? But there's a lot of tools where that, you know, systems that can analyze the audience from your own web page and slice millions and billions of data points, you know, way better than a person can do manually. So obviously, um, AI isn't perfect right now. You still require some human control to make it a bit better. But um, I, I, I'm still surprised by how many people really want to control every part of the little thing that they do.
3: One actual um, really neat use case that I think a lot of us are seeing, and and you you see it on the iMedia conference site, is is they use a chat bot, right, as as an interface on the site, and and we do, and I think a lot more people do, and and it's it's one simple manifestation of of AI technology where, um, you know, it can automate answering simple questions, and uh, it's it's not a heavy lift to to implement it, um, but it's been for us, uh, you know, a big efficiency gain um, because it's deflecting a lot of baseline questions that otherwise would come in to somebody, and, and a human that ha- would have to answer it. Um, so it's doing a lot of deflection of, of, uh, of those things, um, as well as making sure that we're asking the right questions and, and gathering data before, again, a human actually gets on and talks to them. So it's been it's been pretty effective, and it's just, a, I think, a pretty simple use case mm-hmm. um, today of, of some pretty powerful technology behind it.
1: Right. Chatbots might be the way in. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so we want to give everyone the full podcast experience. So... We're going to take a quick break and invite uh, the president, uh, the leader of the Alberta Podcast Network, Karen Unland, onto the stage, and she's going to read today's podcast ads. Hello. Can you hear me? Yay,
1: welcome, Karen.
4: (laughs) This feels very interruptive. I feel like the marketers in the room are going to say, don't do that. But anyway, I will (laughs) just tell you that this episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The Edmonton Community Foundation is uh, acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. Very human, right? We're talking right. about being Woo. human. They have an excellent podcast called The Well Endowed Podcast. I, w- I encourage you to listen to it as citizens of Edmonton to learn about good things that are happening in Edmonton and also as marketers to hear about how to do good content marketing because it is an awesome podcast,
1: right? I think so. I think so.
4: Not unlike Don't Call Me a Guru, <laughs> which is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. And you can find it and more than 30 other amazing Alberta-made podcasts at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Thank you, Karen.
1: Thank you. Imagine
0: the ad music fading out. That's the
1: magic of podcasting. And Linda. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, it's my turn? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. So just kind of touching on, I guess, how uh, you know, how marketers can can take these kind of big ideas and big tech and incorporate it into their work. Um but envisioning what do you see as sort of like more of the day-to-day for marketers in in the near future or or the far far away future? What what does work for marketers look like in a future world where, where tech and AI and all of that stuff exist?
3: T3. Wow, that's yeah, that's that, that's a big question, um, and I think t- touching on on earlier, um, we've seen you know the last five ten years, and, and it'll continue to accelerate. Is that I, I just think we have more and more uh, information, uh, relevant information, practical information coming to us uh, to help us make smarter decisions and to do less of the mining ourselves and be more focused on, you know, delivery and, and execution. Um, and again, what I what, what I mean by that in practice is, you know, I know myself uh, today within our company, um, you know, I've got pretty much, you know, near real-time access to conversion rates on different campaigns, on responses to certain programs, on um, uh, efficiency within our sales team for this program we ran while the leads aren't converting as well. And it enables us to make you know, pretty quick decisions on what we're doing. It's not like an annual review, it's not even a quarterly review, it's like ongoing of how we just do better and we we, we stop doing things that aren't working and we do more of what is working. Um, And and that's, I, I think really, again, I think it's really exciting because it allows us to just be better marketers and to continuously optimize what we're doing. Um, so I think that's going to continue to happen. And I think, you know, three to five, whatever the, the time frame is in terms of years, is um, I, I think that's a big piece of it is that we're going to just continue to have, you know, assuming we, we do the right things, we're going to continue to have a lot of that information. Some of it's going to automate stuff that we do, but some of it is also just going to give us real-time dashboards into how everything is working and where I should be spending my time um, so I can focus on, again, executing and not trying to figure out what should I do next, or you know, where do I go, or what data do I need to find? Um, so again, I think th- I think that stuff's really important, and, and I think it, it'll change the way that uh, that we work and the efficiencies in the workplace.
2: Well, for myself, like I'm not exactly a marketer, but um, you know, from what I think, going into the future, you know, it's the marketer's job to think just more strategically on a high level, the type of message they're trying to send, you know, to their audience. Um, what they're trying to get out of it, like the main high-level KPIs and goals, right? Um, And then next level below is the creatives, 100% creative on how that's gonna be done because that's really hard for technology to really um, pretty much come up with it on its own. You need that human foundation to really be there. And then you can have technology just do the rest. You don't even have to worry about how the message gets out there. Um, A lot of these systems will be built. In order to pretty much um, make use of the foundational strategy that that you've come up with.
1: Right, like I think I find what I find challenging about trusting automated tools from like a social media marketing perspective, and I don't, and maybe you guys can relate as well, is you know, I want to use these automated tools to give me this data and give me these reports, and then I can take it and analyze it and you know make recommendations that are data-driven. But then it's, you know, this report will say something different than what this report says, and this, you know, they're looking at this figure, but that figure doesn't line up if I'm exporting natively from Facebook. Like, it doesn't it doesn't match. So I always find this, I'm a little skeptical. I still feel like there there's this manual aspect that needs to be part of it, because right now I, I don't quite trust how you know, how smart the the robots currently are. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think you're totally right. I think technology 100% isn't there yet. Um, But I do know that each year we're getting closer to uh, getting to that goal in terms of making it smarter, making it more seamless, uh, eliminating a lot of those walls. So I think that's why eventually it's going to get there, but um, that's why a lot of companies exist right now to help solve these problems um, as we inch our way into something that's more pretty much completely automated.
0: Mm -hmm. So I recently made a big mistake, uh, which is we recorded an episode of our podcast, and uh, in a super busy week at work, I just cleaned a bunch of files off my desktop, emptied my trash for peace of mind, and then realized our February episode was gone, Joe. It was gone. It was gone. It was gone. I'm wondering (laughs) what is a big mistake you've made what did and you what learn did you, from it? <laughs> we, we, can make, we can have a positive spin. But tell me about just a time that you guys messed up.
3: Um, I, the one that, um, that I recall the best was about three years ago that we um, I launched a big uh, promotional campaign for a new product launch. There was a lot of like, okay, we're launching this new product. We really want to see, um, you know, really quick rapid adoption of it in the market. And so, you know, we built out this great campaign with this really great offer um, you know, a, a super compelling offer. Um, but we literally forgot to tell the sales team about the offer. And so we like put this out there everywhere and people were coming inbound asking about this. So oh, how do I get this free trial of such and such? And sales reps had no idea like what it was about and what, what to do with it. And, um, it was, it was a sad day. Like uh, there was, it was one of those days miscommunication? where-
1: Miscommunication? What? That uh, never happened. It, it was
3: a lack of communication. <laughs> I, I'll take miscommunication. That was just a total lack. And um, you know, and it was so. It was frustration for everybody. Of course, the sales team felt like fools because they didn't know what to do. Um, customers were frustrated because they couldn't get an answer. And uh, I mean, it was a simple, a simple mistake, but but a very obvious lesson learned from that of uh, uh, of, of communication um, and of working collectively with, uh, particularly with sales. And and that's something all of us as marketers need to probably get better and better at. And and sales has to get better as well. Of of just working together as as teams and making sure we're, we're always on the same page and, and we know what each other are doing.
1: Because we're all salespeople. That's
3: right. Yeah. We're all salespeople anyway, so...
1: <laughs> That's what Tyler... Got to be on sorry, the same T3 page. said in his, uh, his earlier keynote for podcast listeners who are not here today. Yang?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure where to start. I mean, you know, <laughs> several years... <laughs> too many years, or too few? <laughs> se- too many, really several strange. years in a startup, it's always up and down. There, there's always a lot of mistakes, and especially in technology, you know, you make bugs all the time, but... Um, so. I guess one, I have one, I guess, marketing-related and one non-marketing-related. Um, several years ago, we, host, we were hosting a webinar for our clients, right? And then I think one of us got an email from a client and, and they asked us, Where, where's the webinar? And so we asked our marketing person. He's like, oh, it was canceled. And then we realized this email didn't get sent to all clients that you know, the, the webinar got moved. So that was really embarrassing. We had to pretty much send them gifts to make it up. A personal mistake I made, um, I scheduled an interview once that I kind of forgot, uh, and we were moving offices, so that day the office was empty. Our next office wasn't ready yet. Um, Good thing my co-founders were there helping move at that time, and then they called me, they were like, there's someone here to see you. (laughs) Luckily, I live around uh, 15 minutes away from the office, so I ran to the office. Um, The office was completely empty, um, so this person who I wasn't supposed to interview um, started helping us move so, <laughs> so I was there like 20 minutes late. Um, we construct a table that we deconstructed we just built it on the spot. It was one of those Ikea tables you know. If you can <laughs> build an
0: Ikea table with them you should hire. Him.
2: It, it, it was one of those and plug and play minutes, ones that was really quick. Yeah. We, we, we pulled up a chair um, yeah, and we did the interview. Like We were just <laughs> in the middle of this big room. It was completely empty. Um, yeah, it went well. We hired him. Oh, <laughs> <you> need him <laughs> yeah. If you you
0: need see. him build the chair that he was
3: sitting oh, on or yeah, what? He
2: helped us <laughs> build the chair too, yeah. Sounds like so you so need good. an AI tool to
3: remind <laughs> you that uh, certain things are happening on certain days and be smart enough to know it was moving day. Right. Exactly,
2: right.
0: yeah. He oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got like points
2: that. for um, really... Great add to like, you know. <laughs> really great to work with, you know, and, and yeah. And I, I,
1: strong, I, and he was no. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> maybe this should be
2: part of our permanent hiring process, you know, yeah, empty room as a test. A
1: yeah, <laughs> that's great.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, Yang, uh, as I was looking up StackAdapt doing some research, I came across a Chrome extension called Unbiasify that was created by your company. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Um, Unbiasify is a Chrome plugin that we built that essentially hides the profile picture and the name of the person you're searching on LinkedIn when you're trying to recruit. Um, so as you search for all these potential candidates, the, the picture and the name is hidden. And this helps you eliminate bias that you might naturally um, think of, you know, when you're browsing through candidates, because you know that pretty much happens to everybody. I remember a story once where I believe um, Andreessen Horowitz they uh, funded a company because the person looked like Mark Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> that company completely failed. So that just shows that it happens Shocking. to everybody. Yeah. So our recruiter at the time, uh, Martin, he came up with this idea. And he's really self-aware, so he knows that, you know, even himself, who has been in the industry for several years, would still potentially fall to these biases, right? So he really wanted to get this tool built. Um, so he came to me, and he's like, you know, can we get this tool built? You know, all of our engineers were obviously busy, but luckily, uh, one of our interns just finished up a project, and so she helped uh, build this plugin in uh, that we managed to build in a couple weeks, and we launched it. Yeah, and it went really well. Um, That's cool. Martin has a lot of recruiter contacts, and he told me, like, several of his recruiters started using the tool as well.
1: I could see that, you know, being valuable on Twitter and Facebook, and not just LinkedIn, right? It, but it's only for LinkedIn? Yes. Okay, yeah. so you could build one for Twitter, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh,
0: so, I mean, there's some bias in the, the recruiting process, I think we're all aware of. Have you noticed it elsewhere in the tech industry?
2: Yeah, in general, you know, hiring for tech, um, <laughs> Tech, in, in, like in terms of engineers in general, it's not very diverse. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there's less women in the industry than usual, right? So, um, there are general biases, and for us, like as a company, we try to be aware of that and we try to actively make our company more diverse, right? Um, because we have seen that it promotes, you know, greater um, thinking, you know, problem solving, and just a way better culture overall.
0: I feel like we can all get behind that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I bring it up because, Tyler, uh, at Vidyard, your CEO, uh, Michael Litt, uh, he's, he had an article in CBC about how he's trying to break down this bro culture, this tech bro culture that he says he's unintentionally realized was building in the company. Do you want to mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that story?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been something for a little while that, um, you know, we, we, we recognized that uh, there was... There wasn't the right set of, of diversity um, and inclusion throughout the organization um, that, that we felt we needed that, that was uh, in the best interest of the company and in the best interest of the people and was creating the kind of culture that, that we wanted um, to, to build for the company. Um, and it was, you know, again, back to to unconscious bias. Um, it, it was not... And it was never intentional, um, but when you start a company uh, with, you know, three or four young white guys as programmers and, you know, you have... Uh, uh, an affinity to hire people, you know, like yourself. Um, it happens in a lot of companies, and so um, I, I think it was something that was a, a conscious effort to say, you know, we need to um, focus on diversity inclusion as as a part of what we do in the company, and we need to, you know, correct the way we think. We actually at our last um, management offsite we had uh, um, an unconscious bias uh, basically training session in which we spent about two or three hours talking through, um, you know, what unconscious bias is. And which was pretty eye-opening, I think, for a lot of us to uh, to, to to realize, um, you know, sort of what what, what is out there. Um, so something that that again, I think, it was really important for the people, for the the culture, um, and just uh, again for the for the business. And and it, we've learned a lot, like things like you said, of just images of people, even in how you um, write job postings. Right? They can um, they, they can attract, uh, tend to attract one type of audience versus another. Um, one of the other things we found was again being, you know, a startup that grew up, a lot of our um, ancillary activities uh, right there would revolve around, you know, Beer and foosball and these sorts of right. things, which were not particularly inclusive of a broader community of employees, and uh, weren't what they were looking for in, in after-hours activities and such. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think it's it's really important. And for us, it was about we actually created um, a committee, a diversity and inclusion committee, uh, which we call My Yard, and it's uh, it's all about making sure everybody feels that the company is theirs and that there are those uh, uh, you know recognition and values within the company. And it's uh, it's gone a long way. And I think in, if you don't Proactively address it, then um, you know it's something that can can just go unchecked and, and uh, you know become become problematic. I think. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think we probably have maybe one more question, uh, and then we'll wrap up. Um, curious, both of you. I guess it's a two-parter. Uh, one, what what you think marketers uh, today should stop doing? What, what you what you find annoying, or you know maybe it's not the most efficient, or, or whatever that might be. Uh, and then two, just Advice for because we're talking about future of tech, future of marketing. Just advice for for the future uh, and and how marketers should um, make sure that they're or they're ready for that. And yeah, yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, if you're doing anything, I guess that you find mechanical or boring, you know, you don't want to do it. Um, I proactively look for new tools on um, that are coming um, with many companies that you know can make your life easier because. I'm always surprised that you know when I search for new tools out there, um, there's always something new that's really helping me solve my problem now.
3: Okay. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I talked about this a little bit in my, my earlier session, but I think that we need to have a, a more rigorous focus on the experience we're creating for customers and our audiences and reducing and eliminating the friction for them to do business with us. and. I know, you know, our, our own team is as guilty of this as many of, um, you know, on our website. If you want to get at some of our most valuable assets, we put up a form in front of you to fill out, to get your information. And of course, it's for the right reasons for the company. We need your information and, you know, we want to ultimately, you know, convert you as a lead. But it's not natural for most people to want <laughs> to fill out a form, right? And I right. know I'm, you know, all off and bounce, bit. it's a barrier. Yep. And, um, you know, it's one example. There are lots of examples of what, we, what we're doing as marketers that I think put up, um, you know, unintentional barriers to our customers. And so I think a lot of that, um, we, we need to think about experience first. And the good news is there are, you know, alternative ways to, to, to do what we're trying to do without impeding the experience. And, and with things like forms or broad, you know, spammy yeah. emails and things like that that don't necessarily leave the best brand impression. Um, so I think there are new ways to say, look, we can put the best experience forward, but we still have other ways to collect the data and understand who's interacting and use that information. Um, so that, that's that's one of my big areas of focus right now and, and even for our own marketing team.
0: Great. Well, I think the future is bright with you two leading the way. Thank, thank you, me. Yang. Thank you, T3, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Karen, for reading the ads. And thank Thanks you all, all of for you. listening. Yay.